Hello, tech friends, and thank you for tuning in to Emerging Technologies in Business, where we take a deep dive into different technologies that are impacting businesses today and in the very near future. I'm your host, Brock Reiney, and this podcast is brought to you by Kincannon XR. Let's talk tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. Today, I'm joined by Aaron Wisnowski, the CEO of OVR Technology. Smell-O-Vision has gone back to the days of Orson Welles with theaters trying to produce more and more immersive experiences, and OVR technology is bringing the power of scent to virtual reality, and it's bringing experiences to a new level of immersion. Aaron, thank you so much for being here today. How are you, my good sir? Yeah, I'm really well. Um, Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm really happy to be here and talk about this stuff with you. So. Let's get to it. It's going to be a great time. So one of the first things I read when I was looking at OVR and um, scent technology coming to VR, first of all, I think is amazing um, because your quote that you had on uh, your site that I read was one of my favorite things. It said, the the metaverse without scent would be like living in black and white. So can you talk to myself and the audience about why the sense of smell is so important for true immersive experiences? Absolutely. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. And, um, you know, I'll, I kind of want to probably take a minute to, to give some context around that quote, too, is that it's a little bit of a paraphrase from a New York Times article by Brooke Jarvis, um, who wrote an article about our sense of smell and how it impacts people during COVID when they lost their sense of smell and people right. have lost their sense of smell. It kind of, that's how they equate it. Right. Is like, you're like living behind a sheet of glass or living life in black and white. Um, it feels very one dimensional. And so I think in our increasingly digital and virtual lives, we kind of in some ways are experiencing that uh, on a regular basis where we have a lot of visual information. We've got a lot of audio information Um, but the kind of thing that makes it very human and makes it very emotional, makes it immersive is adding those other senses, particularly smell, which biologically speaking is the only one of our senses that's directly linked to the part of our brain that processes memory and emotion and called the limbic system. So the limbic system is this very kind of old reptile portion of the brain. And that's where our, our really our true kind of pure emotions come from. Um, and so our sense of smell, even though we might not realize it every day, has this powerful impact over, of course, how we feel, how we think, and how we behave. It accounts for 90% of our perception of flavor. Um, it triggers 50 to 75% of daily uh, memories and emotions. Um, it even is thought that the reason that people kiss each other romantically is to get a sense of each other's smell. Um, and because okay. each one of our kind of our personal smells contains all kinds of information about us, including our genetics and our immune system. And so you actually, it's thought that one of the ways that you select a a mate is, is through smell. Um, So it has all of these really powerful impacts, even though we may not notice them. Um, And so introducing smell into these digital and virtual experiences makes them so much more rich, immersive, and emotionally engaging. That's funny. I, I never really thought about the the fact that smell could be the reason why you might be attracted to somebody else. But it's it's true, though. We, we associate so many more things with smell than we probably even realize on a day to day basis. So, Aaron, I do have to ask you, like, what, what's your background in um, 
bringing sense into the world of VR, was there an aha moment or anything like that when it came to creating this type of scent device? Yeah, the aha moment was literally the, the first time I tried virtual reality uh, a number yeah. of years ago. You know, my background was not in tech, actually. My background is in scent, and my career started as a chef um, with some experience in food science. I transitioned into sommelier, which is the study of wine, which is all about the study of aroma. Um, and then I transferred into the flavor and fragrance industry, which is all about flavor and, and fragrance. And, and, you know, more than just perfume, it's how does smell affect us as humans and our behavior. And then I started my own flavor and fragrance company in 2013. Um, and then a few years ago when I tried virtual reality for the first time, it really bowled me over the power of the technology itself and the potential it had to change everything kind of about our lives. But the thing that was missing for me was the thing that made it immersive and human and engaging, which, which is smell. Um, so my co-founders and I um, worked to build the technology and um, kind of build a vision around um, bringing smell to all these digital and not just VR, to mobile, to desktop, um, to all of these different digital applications. So when you're, you're developing these scents, and I, I took a look at the, the setup that you have inside the scent device, is it four per quadrant or is it six per quadrant? I couldn't quite tell um, for each side. So, so it's, yep, it's nine base odors. Um, and so this is kind of, this is a fun one to talk about. If you'll let me get pretty nerdy here. Um, down, man. Let's do it. So the, the, one of the mechanisms that makes smell so powerful is the associations that take place in our brain, right? So when we're born, we have zero associations and zero preferences for scent, right? We, no one is kind of born with a preference for lavender or, uh, you know, this, the smell of the ocean makes them happy. You kind of learn those over time. And so what's cool about the digital world is that instead of just kind of replicating things that are familiar from the physical world and kind of porting them over to, to AR or VR, there's the opportunity to create completely new experiences and new associations. So rather than the sense replicating the physical world, what we've done is identify nine primary odors that are distinct in themselves and are not so specific that you would go, oh, that's the smell of the forest or the, the ocean. They have some degree of familiarity, but then when you combine them in different combinations and permutations, you can create thousands of different um, unique odors, uh, unique smells that are native to the digital environment. So rather than replicating the physical into the digital, this is a whole new palette or whole new alphabet um, to create novel experiences in all of these digital. And in doing so, you create new associations and you have complete control over that too. So you can create happy associations. You can create social associations. You can create sure. ones that drive um, wellness uh, or health or ones that drive education or social connection or joy and entertainment. Um, and because immersive technology is so powerful and that you're, you know, you're controlling your audio, your visual, and now your olfactory input, that using this palette of nine aromas allows you to create thousands of different experiences that are so tailored to you and so unique to the, uh, the digital world. That is crazy interesting when you start thinking of it in that aspect. So you are truly just the artist with the paintbrush. And here are the nine that you have to choose from. Mix your colors the way that you 
need them to be mixed uh, to fit exactly. the situation. That's that's brilliant, really, when you think about it. Like, yeah, how how cool is that? So you're right. We have we have visual, we have audio cues that we've been able to take from, and we've been able to perfect those. But we haven't ever really tackled the scent of or the 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 salvation of scent realistically, and putting it into that world. Yeah, what a different world that could be, and that is such a, an extra layer to that immersiveness that we'll ever see in our entire lives. I'm super excited for that, Aaron. Like those are the type of things that make me want to keep doing the podcast every week, you know? <laughs> well, I'm glad that you share my, my enthusiasm. Cause I, you know, obviously as a scent person, I'm obviously excited, but I think that excitement carries over to everyone. Right. And like, when you think about like, and I'll get into actually describing what the hell our technology is in a sec. Um, <laughs> but you think about like, who is this for, right? Like, who are we building this for? You know, we've built this thing that allows you to experience multi-sensory digital but also to create and every single almost every single one of us is a creator in this day and age you know whether it's on our phone or whether it's on a laptop or whether it's in vr we have these incredible creation tools that are at our fingertips to create really meaningful digital content um and that this is one more tool in that set that you that we turn like you said the paintbrush we're giving everyone the paintbrush to be able to take their digital content and make it multi-sensory um, and make it more engaging emotionally and more immersive. And that that gets me really excited is that we're not kind of creating this thing in a vacuum um, or this discrete experience is that we're just handing these tools over to everyone. Absolutely. So the question yeah. I think that I have is, how does it work with the release of the scent, right? So if, if someone is in a VR, um, situation is it done by where their character moves is it geolocated or or how does the system know when to release the scent to make the user get the right you know experience for what they're seeing in front of their their face at the time excellent question and it's actually helpful in this case to kind of think of it as how the hardware and the software component work together now right you said before, like, oh, this hasn't been done before. Well, we're definitely not the first people to try it. Like you mentioned smell-o-vision as far back as the 1950s. People have been yeah. trying to kind of combine smell and some sort of multimedia. And there's a few reasons that it hasn't worked. The first one is just how hard it is to control scent. When you release a scent into the air, you know, think of a perfume, it really lingers in the air for quite some time. So if you were to release another scent, it just kind of mixes together and creates kind of a, a, a muddy smell, which isn't necessarily desirable. So the microtechnology that we developed is able to produce extremely small, precise amounts of scent in very short timescales. So we can effectively turn scent on and turn scent off in a matter of just a few hundred milliseconds. So you can be experiencing one scent and then another and then another and then another and then another without them mixing together at all or without the person standing right next to you experiencing them. So it's very, very personal. Um, uh, and we do that through a combination of uh, you know, piezoelectric microtechnology that is just we're actually very sensitive to smell. So in some cases, we're only releasing a molecule, a few molecules of scent at a time that allows you to kind of st stimulate that, that sense and, and then it's gone. The, the second piece, which is the software piece, um, uh, as you mentioned, is 
smell isn't just on or off with the software. It's actually a spatial platform. So as you move through the the digital or the virtual environment, your behavior is essentially what triggers the smells to happen to you. So if you can imagine me holding a rose at arm's length, I might not smell that rose at arm's length, but as I bring it to my nose, when it starts to get close, I begin to smell it at a low intensity. And then as I bring it closer to my nose, uh, the intensity increases. And then as soon as I remove it, that smell is completely gone. So you can imagine maybe not just a rose, but it's all comes through you. Yep. So it's spatial and positional. So the same way that as you're walking down the street in real life, you're kind of almost walking through these little pockets of scent. So our software is kind of imagined the world as a set of invisible geometries that you're constantly colliding with and interacting with. And that's what's triggering the scent. Um, and it could be one sense at a time or multiple sense kind of compounding to create these very complex sensory landscapes. I feel like all I can see in my head is like some sort of predator version of the landscape that you guys are creating. <laughs> There's like red spots where the, you know, the, the scent gets stronger. You know what I mean? Like in my brain, yeah. that's what I see when you start talking through it. I'm like, that's pretty brilliant. So you're, you're giving the user the ability to do what they want to do. But at the exact same time, if they hit into these hot spots or they bring an item specifically closer to the person, the, the level of smell indicators just continue to rise. And of course, as it removes back the other way, that's brilliant. Aaron, that's really, really brilliant. I can see where like, that's where you get the reality. That's where you, you get that Turing test pass factor, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, that does smell like a rose. It smells like a rose because I brought it closer to my face. And like, yes. that's where that difference is really becoming. And that's the coolest thing of all time. Um, yep. Appreciate you on that one. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you, Brock. I, I want to ask you a couple of things, though. Um, mm-hmm. So are there any, like, crazy, unique use cases where um, you found government entities or, I don't know, firefighters or something like that that have been utilizing your system um, to, to just bring a better awareness to have those not so much real-world experiences that we don't want to put people in danger in, but they can utilize this sense of smell to better their training or anything like that. Has there been any crazy use cases or what's the most unique one, I guess, Aaron? Oh man, there's so many. It's hard to say which one's more unique, but I will, um, I'll talk about a couple that I I find particularly uh, impactful uh, or interesting to me. And um, the first couple are on the the side of kind of health and and wellness. and so one area we've seen a lot of interesting traction in is the detox and rehab um, community or detox and rehab industry. Um, and so when um, folks are in a, uh, a detox and rehab facility, they kind of go through an acute detox phase and then an ongoing treatment phase. And it's one of the most uncomfortable times in those individuals' lives. And there's not a lot of tools available to them to kind of help ease the pain, stress, and anxiety associated with that. Um, so a lot of these, these clinics have been using a combination of our technology and virtual reality with nature scenes as a way to manage the pain, stress, and anxiety associated with that experience. 
and also develop tools of mindfulness meditation and breath work in VR that they can then translate out of VR as well. And because scent has kind of the power to immerse them more, but also you begin to create those positive associations between calm mood states and these scents, that it, it's not just escapism, right? It's about um, kind of cutting off the negative sensory input in the moment, replacing it with positive ones, and then learning new um, uh, tools and skills in this environment that you can carry uh, out with. So we've seen some really good anecdotal data there on it being a, like a really powerful tool in that use case. There's also um, program, right? Yep. That's the inhale program. Exactly. So it's, it's nature themed um, mindfulness meditations that you scent as a way to focus your breath, your body and your mind. Um, And it's been really, you know, been really uh, powerful to see how well it's been working kind of in a similar health and wellness uh, use case. We've been working with Dr. Skip Rizzo um, at the uh, University of Southern California, um, who's developed a program that combines scent and virtual reality to help manage PTSD symptoms for combat veterans and um, individuals who have suffered sexual trauma. So because scent is a powerful memory trigger, it can be used both as a, uh, as a, a tool to help revisit and reprocess difficult memories, as well as a tool to help um, you know, manage those pain, stress, and anxiety symptoms. And in a study we did with uh, University of Vermont Medical Center that was published last year, um, just an eight-minute um, olfactory virtual reality session lowered the self-reported levels of pain, stress, and anxiety from nine out of 10 to an average of a three out of 10, just from an eight-minute experience. And so although we are not medical device, we are not a, a medical company, we're just a tool, we just find it very rewarding to see how scent is being used in this digital content in the health and wellness industry and making a difference. You know, it's funny that my entire life, I was always told that scent always had some sort of um, connection to remembering things. You know, there was always that wives tale of, hey, when you're studying, have a scent by you so that you remember more often than what you did when you didn't have it with you. Um, there's been multiple aspects of that in my early childhood, and I, I can't say that I've always followed them or anything, Aaron, but it's funny that it does come to fruition later in life where you're like, okay, you know what? All right. Yeah, you're right. It does have those type of remembering type of processes and things that you don't ever realize that you just kind of take advantage of on a day-to-day basis. You don't give your sense of smell the the due notice that it may need or that they should really honestly get realistically. I do want to go a little sideways on you um, and ask sure. you a few other things before we wrap up our conversation. And one of them is just you being in the tech sector, right? Um, we've seen that Meta has really faced weaker than expected public adoption. So how do you see that as a CEO of a prominent company um, affecting the future of VR and XR and MR in the future? Yeah, it's a really good question, and it's one that comes up a lot, especially re- recently since Meta has been in the news with, in so many negative ways. And I think that there's kind of two things. There, there's well, there's more than two, but there's kind of we think about it in, in two ways. Is um, whoever's first is going to really get a lot of backlash, a lot of public backlash every time. And, 
whether or not you agree with the things that Meta is doing um, or their ultimate strategy, um, they took a risk and they're like, we're, you know, we see this as as the thing of the future. We're going to publicly in, invest in it. And they've done a lot of work to, I would say, positively uh, kind of give people permission to talk about the metaverse, um, to invest in the metaverse. And so whether or not Meta truly is going to be the one that is successful or whether this is the thing that makes them crash and burn, I have no idea. But when you peel back the, that kind of initial layer of headlines about, you know, um, what Meta is doing, and you look at where all of the important companies and industry leaders are investing money, resources, and, and headspace, it's all pointing in this direction. So I think that the, the question of like, is this going to happen? Is VR going to be a thing? Like that question's answered to me, right? When we look at what, what Google's doing, what Apple's doing, what Microsoft is doing, and then we look even a layer below that at what are the kind of software application companies doing? What's Web3 doing? And then you look at even a layer below that, what are the standards organizations? What are these standards for, for you know, um, um, uh, for Web3 is this is the the direction things are going. And it's kind of not a uh, like a distant future thing. It's it's already here to a large degree. Um, the you know, what does VR specifically look like a year from now or three years from now? You know, I don't know. I don't know what that ad adoption curve is going to be. But we just look at all of our digital world and our digital experiences shifting to Web3, shifting to more um, immersive three dimensional multi-sensory um, and that's where pe people are going to be so i'm have no um there's no question in my mind that this is the direction things are going whether or not you know meta trips and falls along the way 100 percent, i agree with yeah. you the internet was yeah. not founded off of just one person some people right. fell some people rose it's just how it goes it is what it mm -hmm. is and some people have to be bloody and go through the wall first there's really mm -hmm. no exception to that that's just how new technology works um, so I do want to ask you this because I thought it was very interesting. So I saw you refer to yourself as an olfactory evangelist. Um, so I know you've been a professional chef, a mixologist, and a sommelier. So is there a worst smell ever and a best smell ever for someone who smells for a living? <laughs> um, no. Uh, the, the, no. The, the answer is... It changes for one thing, um, okay. and it really comes back to all the factors that come in. What are my associations like? I have a particularly, uh, I kind of like all smells in a certain way, but I struggle with like durian, for instance. I don't know okay. if anyone's ever right. had durian fruit. Ooh. It just smells like hot rotting garbage. Like, yep, that's exactly what it smells like. That's a that's a tough one for me. However, even though the smell itself is a little bit repulsive, the context that I have experienced it in, you know, in open air markets or, or with really interesting people, still it still has kind of a, a fond place in my heart. Um, so really, it has to do with kind of like your personal experiences. And those those are kind of uh, dynamic. They can be shifting. Um, as far as best smells go, also depends on the, the day, the time of my life. There is one smell that kind of endures for me that I love is the smell of ozone. Um, so ozone and ozone people, 
have probably experienced it in two capacities. If you're my age or older, you smelled it when fresh Xeroxes come off the Xerox machine. That almost like very, very fresh smell. Or it's what you smell, um, especially in more rural areas, right before a lightning storm happens. There's ozone in there. It's this extremely fresh smell. It's impossible to bottle that smell. You know, you, you can never reproduce it. It only lives in this, these ethereal moments. But that has always been something that um, uh, uh, I've really enjoyed when I have, you know, been able to smell it. But it really is, it's such a, qu- a hard question to answer. You know, it changes. All smells are interesting. Some have more positive valence and some have more negative valence, but I find them all all very interesting. Interesting part there. Uh, Nikola mm-hmm. Tesla invented an ozone creation machine uh, to help people try to have fresher air in New York. And mm-hmm. uh, ozone is actually toxic. Uh, so luckily Barry. he didn't sell a whole bunch of them. <laughs> so that worked <laughs> out for everybody in the end. Aaron, yeah, can o- tell you, what we say? I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I was going to say, no, I was, the ozone is, is, is very toxic, and I see it kind of average. Ozone therapy, it always makes me nervous. So, um, Yeah, I, w- I would yeah. stay away, people. It's not good for you. It's, it's, not, it's yeah. not good for the human body. So uh, smells great. Don't go get, go, go get a whole bunch of it at the whole time. Right. <laughs> Nicholas Tesla was trying to sell it. Uh, don't worry about it. Um, all right, so, Aaron, literally, uh, it was a great interview. I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, where can people find you on social media if they wanted to get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Um, you can get in touch with me directly through our website, ovrtechnology.com. Feel free to find me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I won't spell my last name here, um, but maybe we can put it in the show notes. Um, we'll put it. But those are the best places, LinkedIn and directly through the website. Fantastic. Well, Aaron, thank you for being on the show today. I think uh, all of our audience got a great insight of OVR's technology Uh, I also do want to thank our sponsor, Concanon XR, for sponsoring our podcast. Thank you for that. You can find them on social media at Concanon XR. And then you can find our podcast on socials as well at ETIB Podcast. Uh, Thanks again, Aaron, for being here and for sharing the OVR story. Uh, And for our listeners at home, that's going to be it for today. I'm your host, Brock Riney. We're going to talk some more emerging tech next time. Hope everybody had a good time. Bye.